Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 268 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. I'm Patrick, he's Justin, and Justin, we're finally here. I don't even think we did this last year, but we're doing it this year. We're back grading this team uh, after a disappointing uh, end of the season. Right, that's a terrible way to sell this, but that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, this is one of the, the great times of the year where we can put out material that's not time-sensitive. There is nothing that you would have no idea when we recorded this. Could have been the day after the team was eliminated. It could be two months later. Could be four months later. Although unlikely, because that's not how time works. And uh, it'll be released in November. So <laughs> I guess we're not time travelers. Um, yet. Yet. We haven't but, quite cracked that code. Yeah, today we're going to be grading the starting pitchers, and I'm excited for it. I always love doing this. It's nice to get into like a deeper uh, critique of our players and then ultimately assigning them a grade that may or may not be arbitrary or unimportant. But we're here to generate discussion. And this is, in a way, our way of saying thank you to the listeners for putting up with us you know, for X number of years. This is your free end of the year content. Well, all of our content is free. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is kind of like uh, a gift. So happy holidays, I guess. Do you have any thoughts before we get right into this, Justin? That you I give that intro a B minus. Everyone's a critic. We're supposed to be grading, right? This is the grading episode. Yeah, F for you. All right, All right let's thanks. let's get let's get into it. But before we do, uh, you can find us online at BFMD Podcast. If you type that into Google, you'll find us on all the different platforms. Um, we're very appreciative. Take the time to listen to us. Check out the website and uh, wherever you get your podcast. That's where we'll be we're waiting for you. Um, okay, we're grading starting pitchers today. We're going to start off. With Kevin Gossman, uh, Justin, uh, let's just uh, start off with a little bit of a stat barf, um, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, what, you know a couple questions we have saved up. So, um, Gossman had a great year. Yeah, the uh, Cy Young so, Award finalist in the American yeah. League. Yeah, he started the same number of games last year. He won the same number of games as he did last year. Uh, he pitched 11 more innings. He had 185 this year. Uh, the Ks were up uh, from 10.56 to 11.53, so that was great. The walks doubled uh, to 2.68 per nine. The home runs were still under one, and uh, the BABIP was down this year. Guys were not as lucky. Uh, the home runs per fly ball up a tiny bit, but with a 3.16 ERA, and a 2.97 FIP and 5.3 F4, our guy is going to get Cy Young votes. He is a Cy Young finalist, yep. uh, as it was announced recently. Not much more you could ask of your ace, uh, and that's really what he uh, should have been all along, should have been opening day starter. <laughs> we'll talk about that uh, as we get into it. But, uh, Justin, let's just talk about it. How do you feel about Kevin Gossman's season? I feel great about it. Obviously, we saw certain teams like the Minnesota Twins seem to have something on him where they just weren't swinging at that splitter as much as other teams were. And I think that's a big reason why his uh, walk numbers went up a little bit. And the the walk numbers that he had this year were just right around his career averages. 2022 was kind of an aberration where he was below 1.5. But I'm not too concerned about that. I mean, if you're walking less than three batters per nine innings, that's still terrific for any guy who's giving you 185 innings in a year um the biggest i guess thing for me is i thought gosman did a, a a pretty good job of of adapting in season this year compared to last season it probably helped that he had a much better defense behind him by the way that we we didn't say this at the top of the, the blue jays got awarded the american league team gold glove as well uh they announced that a couple days ago so that the whole team as a whole was the best defensive team in the American League. Obviously, it didn't get them too far, but it definitely helped out with the starting pitchers and the pitching staff in general. So I think that Gosman having the confidence to make those adjustments um, 
due to having a better defense was a big reason why he was able to have continued success this season. I think the biggest concern that I have going forward is, I mean, he's been the same pitcher for like five, six years now. It's fastball splitter, fastball splitter. And the more and more he stays that same pitcher, do teams continually get better against it? I mean, he's been relatively consistent the last, say, since 20, 20, since 2020 or 2019 in terms of his strikeout numbers, in terms of the walk numbers. I feel like there's enough of a sample size there now where we can say that, you know, like he's, yeah, he's a basically a two-pitch pitcher, but he's effective enough that teams can't seem to do anything about that fact. Yeah, but without long-term adjustments, eventually that's going to catch up with them, like you're saying. Yeah. So my question really when I thought about uh, the grade for him was with his splitter getting hit a little bit more this year or or uh, or being less effective and then also not really having uh, an effective third pitch. And some teams like the Orioles or the, the, the Twins mm-hmm. uh, just – laying off the splitter and just fixating on the heater. Um, what can Kevin Gossman do in order to uh, make the long-term adjustment so he continues to be an effective pitcher right. well into his 30s? And if you look at his history, he's always had the ability to throw a changeup. In fact, the last year before he signed with the Jays, he had a changeup, wasn't mm-hmm. very good. He only threw it 36 times in 2022 and didn't throw it at all in 2023. Yeah. Uh, is it time to br- consider bringing the changeup back and, and not be set in his ways to have that extra pitch? Because, like you said, if they just lay off the splitter, he's a, if he's a two-pitch pitcher, everybody's just going to wait for the heater. And while, for now, the heater is blowing guys away, he's also 33. And yeah. at some point, father time comes for everybody. And he loses velo. That's going to be an issue. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're onto something. I mean... The changeup makes a, ch- a pitch like the changeup would make sense because right now his his splitter breaks basically straight down. The fastball that he throws is a four seamer. It's it's straight. Yeah. He doesn't really have anything that tails in on the hands of right handed batters and away from lefties. Everything is either going down or down and away when he, when he throws his slider or like the sweeper that he threw a few times this year. So I think having a changeup or even a two seam like a, a sinker. Instead, of, like, alongside of that, I mean, Barrios has a terrific, terrific two-seam fastball. Manoa, when he's on, has a terrific two-seam fastball. There are definitely guys that I think could help Gosman learn that pitch. Not that it would take him a, a tremendous amount of time to learn it. Just get some tips on release, whatever it may be, our grips. But it's, I mean, it's tough for a guy like you said. Like he's he's 32 now. Um, he'll be 33 in, in January here. So by the time the season starts, he's already 33 years old. It's it's tough though for you going into your career to learn new pitches than it is to stick with what you've been doing your entire time uh, for the most part. And for Gosman, his entire career has been mainly fastball splitter. So I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure how. I I have I have full confidence that he could do it, but my worry is that by adding on new pitches that he that are thrown in slightly different ways, he may put unnecessary stress on his pitching arm shoulder elbow whatever it may be that could cause some issues if he's if he's not used to throwing certain pitches it does because it does affect you the way you throw certain pitches so they'll have to weigh uh you know like whether or not it's worth it to do yeah. it i do think it 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 needs to be considered because that's the best pitchers of all time are always capable of adapting. Correct, yeah. Or if you're just a god like Phil Necro was and you <laughs> just the same junk yeah. uh, for 30 years or whatever it was. Like, it, it, But he's not – I don't see Gossman as an all-timer like that, so like he's mm-hmm, going to have mm-hmm. to make the adjustments. Yeah. He's a great pitcher, and he's going to get Cy Young finalist votes. The, we're talking about long-term projection with him today. 
Uh, next year, I expect that he will kick the same amount of ass that he did this year. No yeah. notes. But, um, yeah, I, I, let's let's see what he, he's got uh, as far as uh, long-term adjustments go. Um, what's your grade for Kevin Gosman's season this year? A+. Plus. Okay. He was Matt, an ace, okay. ace in every sense of the word. I mean, if the guy ever got any run support... He would have. Yeah, he, he could have won twenty games, <laughs> which is crazy because you don't even really get that anymore. the 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 days of the of the twenty game winner appear to be. Yeah, I mean, if you just look gone. at his last start against the Yankees, right, seven innings of scoreless baseball, and he doesn't get a decision. Um, there are other games on here where yeah. he would go six innings of two run ball and take a loss. Seven innings again, like there's a bunch of of games where he was quality start and getting losses for giving up three, two, one run over five, six innings and not getting a win. You know, like there's there's plenty of, of examples over the season. So I don't know. I think that that was still a big issue. Obviously, this team couldn't score runs for anybody, but especially for Gosman. So I'm still giving him an A-plus for his performance. My grade is an A. Uh, I don't think there is much he could have done to improve because he just delivered precisely what we asked of him. Um, it's just, I don't think I can justify the A plus because he just had the occasional start where he was just That's fair. teed up on and yeah. the adjust, the in-game adjustment was not really there. But again, I don't know how much of that uh, you can really pin on yeah, Kevin Gossman. I, mean, I, I think an A is very fair, though. 100% agree with you. I'm giving him an A+, plus because, I mean, you don't have too many starting pitchers who are giving you 185-plus innings with a 5 or greater war. You know, like, it's just there aren't many of those guys in the league. Looking at body of, body of work is my grade, you know? Like, yeah. Cy Young finalist, if that guy's not an A+, plus, we're probably... Uh, having a hard time <laughs> it's tight it's i don't know it's see i see it both ways like i i mean yeah i guess i could add the plus on it but it's i, I yeah. just think it's i think an a is fine yeah i agree i'm not i'm not nitpicking your grade at all if you gave him a b i'd be pissed but you gave him an a yeah, so no, he's fine. not getting it <laughs> let's talk uh chris yeah Bassett. Chris Tell Bassett. Me what, you, what do you have to say about chris Bassett? oh man i after the initial start <laughs> when he got absolutely blown up on opening or his, his, his first start against the Cardinals. Yeah. I was like, Oh boy, we have this guy for three years and he just got absolutely lit up by a team who ended up finishing near last and in the majors. The Cardinals were terrible this year. But if you take away that start, I mean, the guy was terrific. He still managed to get his ERA to 360, pitched an even 200 innings, started 33 games, like didn't miss a turn in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, his numbers compared to his career were essentially almost like identical or right in line. The home runs were up a little bit, but I mean, you, you move into a ballpark and into a division where there are just more home runs in general and, and better hitters parks. And you think of Yankee Stadium and Fenway and the le- right, or the right field in, at uh, Camden Yards or Tampa Bay, like places where balls just seem to go to the yard. I think he did a great job. Um, the level of consistency that he was able to provide, and especially down the stretch, like he he was massive in the second half. He had a if you look at just his pre All Star break stats, he was a four nineteen ERA. It went down to a two eighty nine after the break, and. I mean, I don't know what more you can ask of a guy in in a sense of like in a, in a first year of a it's a thirty six million dollar contract. Like he's worth, I can't remember what his contract's even worth, but he's worth every penny. Whatever whatever the money is, I would gladly pay him that and then some. At this point, I think uh, we have to look at the fact that in his final month of the year, thirty four innings pitched across September and October, it's two sixty ERA. And only give up three home runs in those final 34 innings while striking out 35 guys. Just terrific. I mean, highly, um, a highly valuable player. And I, I, I think that without Chris Bassett, like 
again, we can say that about the majority of these pitchers. They they all stayed healthy, which is the biggest thing. But I, I worry about that too going forward, right? Like how many seasons do you remember in watching baseball has a team had all of their starting pitchers stay healthy throughout the season? Kevin Gosman missed one start right after the All-Star break or whatever it was because he didn't go to the All-Star game and then missed one. He got pushed back a few days because he had some fatigue or whatever. But how often have you had nobody hit the injured list on your starting rotation? It, it never happens. So I worry about that a little bit. Okay. This is not a hot take, but it, it's it's basically what I have to say about Chris Bassett. If it wasn't for Chris Bassett, this team in the second half, this team make, misses the playoffs. Yeah. They missed the playoffs completely. They're, they're toast. Yeah. Um, I think that because of his makeup, and by the way, he beat the fifth projection, which is always oh, yeah. fantastic. At 2.6 F4, um, it's a dip, a, a very slight dip. From his season in Oakland and his season with the Mets. However, I think second half Chris Bassett is what we'll see more of. Probably 10% worse um, next year. I think that he is getting the coaching that he needs. I think he's getting the run support that he needs. And I think he's going to deliver exactly this again next year. And I'm incredibly pleased with with him, even if there was an up a slight uptick in some of the numbers. You don't want to see like walks, very very slight mm-hmm. home runs per nine, very slight home runs per fly ball, very slight. I like everything that he does uh, because he's just he's a pitcher that is hard to figure out. Yeah, he's got the sinker, but his sinker is. Uh, one of the best in baseball. One of, if not the best in baseball, it's the most valuable singular pitch on this roster. Um, and he had pitches that didn't work this year. The cutter didn't work. Go figure. The four seamer didn't work at all. He may look to drop that one off as far as usage. Um, the sweeper wasn't great. The slider wasn't great. The splitter wasn't great. But his mix of pitches is what makes him good because you don't know what's coming next pitch it's either going to yeah. it's either going to be a sinker or a pitch you're not you're not expecting and you're screwed because like how are you going to know how to swing uh and what's ironic about the comment i just said was that his chase and his whiff percentages aren't even that high he's just hard to figure out he generates a lot of shitty contact yeah um yeah. Uh, and that's that's why I'm giving Chris Bassett an A. I think that he, in the second half, was our best pitcher. Agreed. Yeah, same grade for me. Um, easy. First half, though, was real shaky. Yeah, I mean, first half he was probably like a, a B-. minus. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you, you take away, like, you look at his splits again, you take away that first month, really. Like, his, his ERA is just so inflated because of that initial start. He rebounded in May with a 243. I mean, his worst two months were May or, or April and June. Every other month, he was terrific. And I mean, yeah. yeah, you're right. The second half, I fully agree with you that without second half Bassett, and they don't make the playoffs. And they still barely made it. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't win shit anyway. No, but I mean, game, but... that's not Chris Bassett's fault. Um, no, he didn't get to pitch in the playoffs. So you're, we're on, we're in agreement then. Yeah, easy A for me. Easy A. Not a bad movie too. <laughs> um, I've been I'm so excited to talk about Jose Barrios. Do it. I I actually you know what. No, actually, no. I'm going to wait to give the grade. Um, Okay, so Jose Barrios, uh, in his age 29 season, uh, what a fucking comeback. So happy about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, He went 11-12. The record doesn't really matter. It's not his fault he didn't get the run support. 
Uh, 189.2 innings pitch, 8.73 Ks per nine, 2.47 uh, walks per nine, which is actually worse than last year. However, the home run per nine yeah. came way down from 1.52 to 1.19. Left uh, 6% more players on base, got beat up uh, a little less by pitchers or by hitter, sorry. Uh, the ERA went from 5.23 to 3.65. The XFIP was 4.01, 3.0F4. Um, hell of a comeback season. Um, couldn't have asked for anything more from Jose Barrios. The, the slurve is lethal. It's just, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, Everything was working this year. The The sinker was good. The slurve was good. The forcing was good. The only pitch that I have notes on, really, is just the changeup. But again, not even that bad. Um, fantastic season for him. None of his individual metrics are going to blow you away. Um, but that being said... Uh, what what an amazing comeback! As far as his his confidence was in the dirt last year. Yeah. This year his record is worse. However, the, you look at the numbers, you really dig deep into this, and uh, it's like a different a different guy. And uh, nobody can convince me that this guy didn't put in the work in the off season and come in took his job super seriously not that he ever didn't but he didn't he didn't uh he didn't pull punches this year he gave it his all and he was absolutely tremendous um how do you feel about Barrios? yeah i mean you you kind of mentioned it i mean the the evidence of the hard work that he put in after the disappointing 2022 completely showed I mean, what kind of person and player he is like he did not take the bad results as like oh this is who i am now he knew that he was better than what the results were in 2022 obviously put in the work i mean we we talked all 2022 about how his entire savant page was basically blueberries the low numbers a lot of numbers and like the bottom 10 percent of pitchers in the league he improved everywhere like he went from being like a bottom 10 percent metrics guy into like an upper upper 25 percent like the better 75th and higher percentile in a lot of categories like the the tremendous turnaround was evident i think almost right away this season he he got off to a good start we were hesitant for a while to um i mean his first start his first two starts were shaky and we were like oh god <laughs> what's happening and then all of a sudden he's strung together like a bunch of pretty good starts and by the time i think june rolled around everybody was feeling a lot better about Jose Barrios. And then he just continued to do what he'd been doing kind of the entire season. The home runs kind of hurt him a lot this year. I think that was the biggest, that's probably the biggest issue and the biggest thing to work on for him is just still location, location, location. <laughs> Same thing goes in real estate as goes with Jose Barrios's pitches. Still missing some spots, but you're right. The slurve and I mean the fact that he was able to bring the sinker back from what was it in a night uh, the four seamer excuse me from a negative 17 run value in 2022 to a positive four this year that pitch in 2022 is what killed him outside of the four seam fastball he was serviceable this year everything was serviceable if not if not above serviceable and i think that he this year in terms of what he's getting paid now definitely lived up to that you said it with the 3.0 f4 a lot of teams are willing to pay upwards of $10 million for a pitcher who will give them one F4 in a season, and he was worth three of that, so almost worth, say, $30 million, and only getting paid just below 20 so or below 19 A lot of money, but, I mean, he was he was worth every penny this year. And the fact that he stayed healthy, something that Jose Barrios has always done, he's still knock on wood, never had an IL stint in his big league career, which is incredible considering that he's now – going into his age 30 season he'll turn 30 next may and has been pitching in the big league since he was 22 and has not been hurt so it's it's he's a tremendous guy to have on the team seems to be a good guy in the clubhouse a good person in general and yeah i have nothing but good things to say about what he did this year uh 
A minus for me. <laughs> a, a minus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving him an A as well. I'm not going to give him a minus because I just think that he, I mean, again, were it not for Jose Barrios down the stretch, this team struggles mightily. Were it not for the entire rotation staying healthy, this team is fucked. Yep, you're right. But, um, there's a lot to be said about the pitching depth on this team. What a difference five or six years makes. Uh, Barrios is uh, a guy that I'm happy that we've got on the team until 2029. Yeah. A for me. Let's move on. Tell me about Yusei Kikuchi. Yeah. (laughs) Similar to Barrios, right? I mean, you look at a guy who we were all ready to write off. Um, Some of us were. Yeah, some of us were. I mean, you and I were both on the page of like we've you've, you've got to give him another chance. Absolutely. But the leash was incredibly short going into this season, and I mean, you say proved that he he didn't need the leash. This team utilized him incredibly effectively. A lot of innings of like four innings, maybe touching five. I think he pitched above six innings, maybe like three times or something like that. But again, another guy who stayed healthy all year and pitched you 167 and two thirds innings, which is a career high for you say um the biggest difference for him walks and home runs were way down he cut his walks from 5.2 per nine innings down to 2.6 basically in half yeah in half exactly in half and the home runs dropped uh 0.6 well, from 2 to 1.4 per nine innings which was like a tremendous turnaround negative 0.7 f4 in 2022 positive 2.6 this year getting paid 16 million dollars um, and this next year it'll only be 10 because they, they front-loaded that deal in his last year of his contract. But, I mean, this guy, I, I hope he gets some consideration for making the player comeback player of the year. I think him and Brios could both, in theory, be on that list. Yep. Have guys in consideration based on the seasons that they had. Yep. And I said at the start of the season that I thought Yusei Kikuchi was going to get down-ballot Cy Young votes this year, like maybe yep. like some 18th, 19th, 20th, whatever it may be. I still think he could. I hope he does get one because I want, I want to be right about that. So I hope like Shai Davidi or like Keegan Matheson or somebody, Ben Nicholson-Smith, whoever gets votes from Toronto, throws him a, a courtesy one later down just to recognize the season that he had. Because I think that as a guy who ended up being the Blue Jays' fourth starter this year, he delivered on what was expected of him and like times two, basically. Like I was not anticipating him to throw 32 starts. I was thinking that Yusuke was going to get demoted to the bullpen again at some point, and it just never happened. He was out there every five days, giving you serviceable innings. And I think that there's no team in the league who wouldn't want this guy as their fourth or fifth starter right now, and the Blue Jays are fortunate that they still have him for one more year. So, yeah. I'm not going to get too much into the numbers. I don't think I have to, but he was great. <laughs> um. One thing that I will say about Yusei Kikuchi is that I was very impressed last year at the end of the year of how willing he was to uh, take responsibility. He was very willing to, you know, I'm, he was willing to take the demotion. Yeah. And during the off season, it's very obvious the man put in a lot of work and came into the season and pitched uh, so much better. I I don't know if he'll end up getting down uh, down ballot votes for Cy Young. Um, I think really the the award that he would be more most deserving of is probably comeback player of the year um god just just seeing him pitch with confidence again this is this season this was the guy that i saw that i wanted us to trade for in 20 what year was it 2021 you remember first Mm -hmm. half of his year i was like we need this guy (laughs) he was an all-star that year uh and then the second half of the year he struggled 
And it was like, I don't know if we should sign this guy or not. But no, the whole time I was like, listen, there's something here. And we got it this year. Couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. So, um, I'm, hmm, this is tough. It's tough to grade a guy because, I mean, obviously didn't have as good of a season as Gosman, Brios, or Bassett in terms of numbers. But in terms of what was expected of him, more than doubled his best career season in terms of, like, war and just terms of complete value. So, I mean. Mm, yeah, I'm just trying to think, man, what, what, I, what grade I would give him. A plus for me in terms of expectation. Delivered on wow. it. A plus. Uh, it's not the same level of A plus I give to Kevin Gosman, but it's an A plus for in terms of like exceeding expectations. Like there's there's not much yeah. that I think Kikuchi could have done better this year. And I think that the team's usage of him was also an A plus. They did not leave him out there too long. Um he wasn't expected to just eat six innings when he wasn't on his top of his game. Like they they he put them in positions to be competitive in a lot of games, which is evidenced by the fact that he only lost six decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that goes good. That shows good for him and good for the team's usage. I'm going to give him a A minus because Fair. I do think that the changeup wasn't it wasn't, but I mean, I don't care. Over, overall, I'm happy. <laughs> overall, well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, am I considering him as, as our number three, as our number four, as our no- if he was, if I we were talking about as a number five? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's yeah. number four at best. But the thing is, I'm gonna stick with a minus because I th- yep. still think there is room for for improvement when he gets hit he does get hit pretty hard of Um, course yeah but the fastball his fastball is lethal and it's a good setup and he's got such a wicked slider too i just man his combination remember how bad he was in 2022 terrible (sighs) yeah (laughs) i'm sticking with I'm gonna stick with A minus. Uh, let's we're getting to the pointy end of this uh, rotation here. Let's talk about uh, Honjin Ryu. Yeah. Um, I didn't think we'd be talking about him. I didn't think he was gonna pitch. I didn't either. But let's talk about him anyway. He did give us 11 starts for 52 innings pitched. Uh, the K's yeah. bounced back up. Uh, a little bit. Uh, the walks were were up, which is to be expected. The home runs are up. It's just father time is catching up. He still finished the year though with a three point four six ERA, um, a four point four one xFIP, a zero point four F4 for a guy who only started eleven starts. That's pretty good. If we had seen this across a full season, he would be right in the mix with the rest of the starters as far as comeback player of the year, da-da-da-da-da-da. The questions to consider, Justin, is Ryu the reason that we made the playoffs, or is it, as we just said moments ago, is the reason we made the playoffs Chris Bassett? Which is... Yeah, so there's there's really two big reasons that the starting rotation was the key to this team making the playoffs. The first was the health. Uh-huh. which we've talked about with Gosman, Bassett, Brios, and um, and Kikuchi. They all stayed healthy all year. Um, the other two guys who pitched in the rotation, Hunjin Ryu and Alec Manoa, were also healthy when they were like in the in the big league, on the big league roster. Obviously, Ryu came back from an injury, but did not get hurt again when he was back. And I think that without... You have to look at when these 52 innings for Ryu were were in in in, in were, were placed right they were at the end of the season they're the last two and a half months of the year and you had a guy we're going to talk about next and manoa just deliver you an absolute like nothing of value for the first three months of the year and then you get a guy like ryu come in and stabilize you for 
four to five innings or three to five innings per start. And yeah, I, I do think that without the stability of Ryu, they would have been relying on guys like Trevor Richards and Bowden Francis, who when they were given opportunities to open games or to pitch in long relief, were pretty good. But Ryu's done this for his entire career, both in the KBO and in Major League Baseball as a starting pitcher. And I think just having his mental strength, like this guy is, is tough. Like he got absolutely rocked around um, in the later half of 2021 and into 2022 before he got hurt. Like he was absolutely getting like hammered. But the fact that he was able to not only battle back from Tommy John's surgery, pitch when exactly when he said he was going to after the All-Star break, and deliver enough of a quality um, body of work to help this team win some games, I think, yeah, with, without the stability that he provided in that fifth rotation spot over the last two months of the season, this team does not make the playoffs. And I know we've, we've said that about Chris Bassett in the second half, too, but you could say it about any of these starters in the second half, really. Um, without them carrying this team to a lot of close one-run or two-run victories when the team isn't scoring more than three or four runs a game, Ryu has to be included in that group. So, yeah, I think he is one of their biggest reasons that they made it. I don't think he pitched. A, he obviously didn't pitch at a Cy Young level, but he pitched well enough in a spot that the Blue Jays, the, you, you're not going to pitch your other starters every four days. You needed a fifth guy, and he was that fifth guy consistently for two months, two plus months. That's how I feel about it anyway. <laughs> I could be alone there. I didn't think that's what you would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Jin Ryu, is he the reason we made the playoffs? I'm going to say no, it's not. Fair. Uh, yeah. Was he a was he a central figure down the stretch? Uh, yes. Did he come from basically like the top rope? Uh, I think he yeah. came from underneath the ring. <laughs> yeah, like uh, definitely. By not God, expected. that's Hunjin Ryu's music. What's he doing here? That's basically how totally it unexpected. Uh, but I'm pleased as punch that it happened. because uh, this is the guy. This this man started it all. Yep. Okay, he was the first big signing that this team made. Um, he was the start of the, the the revolution for this team. Sure. Yeah. He means a lot to the team. Um, you could see it. He was a leader. I mean, he was there at the start when Manoa was first called up. They became very close. Um, I wonder to what extent Ryu being out of the lineup and, and out of sight and out of mind. I wonder what type of impact that might have had on Manoa. That Maybe that's a discussion for a different day. Um, I, while I don't think he is the reason that we, ma- we, we made the playoffs, I think that he showed up at the time we needed. It was like, it was like an Avengers Infinity War. He was like Thor. He arrived yeah. right when we needed him, and he gave us everything we could have possibly asked for, and he helped turn the tide. He's like Gandalf the White at Helm's Deep. I the mean, okay, we don't need to just... He arrives precisely what he means to. Just let me, just, just let me have the one... <laughs> My okay. reference was better. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, so as far as... What's your grade? A grade, I'm going to... For what we got out of uh, Huan Jin Ryu, I'm going to give him an A. Me too. I think that you love yeah. him. Yeah, you you have to and you you have to appreciate the fact that he didn't have to come back. He could have just focused on his rehab and put himself in a position to audition for teams this this winter to get a spot for next year. But he was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it live." And he came back and contributed to a team that ultimately stumbled and fell off a cliff. But he was not the reason for that. And yeah, we 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 owe him a lot of gratitude for the fact that he was willing to, you know, risk potentially risk his future by maybe coming back too early. Not that I think he did in the end, but yeah. No. Um, do you want to see him back with the team? My answer is no. <laughs> by the way, I think that the Jays have they've they've milked every bit of performance out of Hunjin Ryu over the four year contract that. 
they could have given the circumstances of the injury. And I think that uh, I hope that he's pitching still next year, but I, ho- it's, I hope it's not the Blue Jays. Love the guy to death, though. This is a tough question to answer. Because I don't know. <laughs> there are so many questions about what is going to happen with Alec Manoa. Yeah, let's talk about Manoa, and then maybe you'll... No, 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 I'm answering it now because I want to answer it in a vacuum. Okay. No. Yeah. I think ultimately, I think ultimately it's, it's like you said. It's time. (laughs) (sighs) Time to move on from Hunjin. Saying it though, it's. Saying it just sucks, man. Yeah, I mean it happens to every player at the end of their career. It's uh, they they reach a point where they can no longer pitch at the competitive level that this team needs him to be at, considering the fact that they can't fucking score runs. So. And that's really, and I mean, he's not to blame for that. No, he's not to blame for that either. But I mean, you need you need guys like the aforementioned Gosman's. Bassett's and Brios is who can win you games on their own. <laughs> I don't know if he can do it anymore. Um, Alec Manoa. We have taken so many dumps on this guy throughout the year. Deservedly so, I might add. Um, I don't even want to get into his stats. We don't have to. They're shit. They're poo-poo. He's getting an F from me. The thing that I want to talk about is he getting anything but an F from you, first of all? F. Yeah. Um, the big thing is, is we, there's two big questions I want to discuss. What does he have to do over the offseason and into spring training to earn back the trust of not only the coaching staff and his teammates, but of the fans of this team? What do, what do you need to see come spring training? F. Fair enough. Do you want the Jays to trade him? Is there's no, is there any is there enough value to make it worth trading him at this point? Is maybe a better question. He is in the worst possible situation right now, where yeah, <laughs> he is. He's screwed, man. He, he, he made himself expendable in the sense that he made the, himself fact, the fact that he has options and is still on an entry level contract, he made himself easy to, to demote. Like there was no there was no second thought given when the Jays finally made up their minds that they needed to do it. Um, I wish they would have done it with conviction a bit earlier in the season before he blew five or six other games. And then probably yep. don't bring him back at the point that they did, and then praise him for being for beating uh, beating Detroit <laughs> when they brought him back. Like, I I think that the way he the way he was handled, and and this is not Manoa's fault. The way that he was handled by the organization, I think that they did not show enough conviction in in demoting him initially. Obviously, it took them longer than it should have, and then they decided to bring him back, and that's probably partly due to the fact that Manoa himself believed he was ready and that believed that he probably shouldn't have been demoted in the first place but that also goes to show you that there needs to be a bit more maturity and accountability from Alec Manoa (laughs) to know that he wasn't ready to be to be called back up and was not capable of contributing to a playoff team with higher aspirations than just making the playoffs Um, I think he needs to come into camp better conditioned for a long season this was this was a season that i thought manoa just looked like he was underprepared for the pitch clock and whether or not that was a lack of offseason um like practicing with a pitch clock or just the fact that he it's it's impossible to simulate the pressure of a live major league game until you're in that game and have that pitch clock at the same time there's runners on base there's you know, you might be down two to nothing. Like, I don't think that that pressure is tough to simulate. And I don't think that he was mentally or physically ready for that 
um, strain that the, the pitch clock added this year. And the other f- the other four guys and Hunjin Ryu seem to be ready for it. So Let he's got to me... c- he's got to come back with better mental and physical fortitude. <laughs> Let's be. Generous. I didn't even want to talk about Altimo today. That's how upset I am. Well, then don't. <laughs> no, but I am. <clears throat> I think Manoa came into camp brutally unprepared. I think his confidence was shattered almost right away because he was unprepared. And. He was picked apart. Absolutely picked apart by hitters. There was no opportunity for him to make the adjustments because he was just he was just out there. He was like a fish flopping out of water. Um, yeah. Good description for it. He needs to come into camp like... It has to be a completely different version of Algano that we've ever seen with our own two eyes. That is the easiest... That's the most diplomatic way I can put it. Um, now is the worst time to move on from Alec Manoa. Give him the chance. You still have tons of control. There is nothing... There's nothing to fear, really. There's no, like, there's no consequences, really, because, like, he, ultimately, if he sucks, you send him down uh, right. and, and let him work it out. What the Jays absolutely must do, though, is they need to have a backup plan. They cannot go into next season thinking that Alec Minow is going to be the number five starter, and your backup can't be Bowden Francis. Um, you need a swing man, and it's going to be Bowden Francis. You can't. It's not time for 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 Francis to to log 175 innings pitched. He wouldn't start. be able to anyway, most likely. No, he couldn't. So we'd be we'd be screwed if that's the case. So if I was the Jays, I would take a look at what free agent pitchers there are particularly veterans, particularly guys who would be receptive to a one-year deal. I would pick one of them, sign them. They're the number five starter. And I would roll with a six-man rotation if Manoa comes into camp and, and blows away expectations. It's time to adapt. It's time to make that move. There's nothing wrong with a six-man rotation. But rather than just roll six starters all the time, I think you go one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five. Do you know what I mean? You got to get 30 starts out of all the big the Yeah, big you, you use your off days to manipulate it a little bit. Yeah. But you got to get 30 out of Bassett, Barrios, Gossman, and Kikuchi. You got that this year. I, I don't see, like, and, and then if you look at it, if you take away all of their extra starts, it's five, six, seven, eight. If they, if you cap them all at thirty starts, you've got. Um, they they would have given us eight extra starts this year. Manoa gave us nineteen, so doing a little bit of wizard math, Ryu gave us eleven. There's plenty of space there for for a six a six man rotation for your number five guy and number six guy to maybe split. Uh, it really, it, there's lots of ways to approach this, but Alec Manoa has to be given the chance to compete and earn a roster spot. But you got to have a backup plan. You got to sign a veteran. You got to take a look at the free agents uh, who are out there and who might be uh, receptive to, to coming onto this team. Uh, I think if you look around at the starting pitchers, I mean, Otani is. Huh. Not going to be able to pitch. No. Nope. I mean, everybody keeps talking about Marcus Stroman over and over again about bringing him back. That's but not he, happening. He, no, it's not. Um, you're not bringing back Ryu. 
you're not signing Clayton Kershaw, you're not signing Martin Perez, you're not signing Lance Lynn. Um, is Big Maple under contract? No, I don't believe so. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I think your your the biggest point you made was that he has to to be given a shot to earn a spot, but that he has yeah. to earn it. He's he cannot be. You can't just give Manoa the fifth spot by proxy at this point, mm-hmm. because he did nothing this year to show he deserves it going forward. He needs to do what Barrios and Kikuchi did, and adapt or die. You know, and you know, you they know adapted. You know, it'd be a fun little experiment. Uh, Luis Severino. I don't know. He's hurt too much. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, but... I'm staying away from that one. I wouldn't touch that one with a 10-foot pole. <sighs> God, the upside, the potential upside is so extreme, though. It's such a swing. Boy, that would put a tremendous amount of pressure on Alec Manoa. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, I don't that know. Is I, F, for eleven million, F, F, F. Uh, he's projected to be worth eleven million dollars. Severino, that's I'd not. I spend that elsewhere. I agree with you. At the same time, though, that's a neat little experiment. If this team yeah. were richer, then maybe you do it. But no, Alec Manoa earned himself an F. There's no way around it. It's very unfortunate that we have to do this, but uh, and I take no pleasure in doing it. But we're giving him an F. 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 Okay, and that's that's it. That's the last uh, starting pitcher. There are only six to discuss this year based on the health. We'll come back with the next episode where we'll grade the bullpen before we get into the offense and the fielding, which will be fun, I guess. <laughs> but uh, if you like what we do, you can find us online at BFMD Podcast. Put that in the old Google machine. They'll pull up all the relevant information you need about us. Uh, For Patrick out in Halifax, I am Justin here in Saskatoon. I give this episode uh, two thumbs up (laughs) in terms of my grade. (laughs) I give it four out of five baseballs. Four to five baseballs. That's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, But we'll be back, as mentioned, with the bullpen grading as we continue through our off-season content. But uh, for Patrick in Halifax, I'm Justin here in Saskatoon, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 